Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wild Enrichment Podcast, a podcast about zoos, aquariums, animal enrichment, and everything in between. I'm your host, Kyle Benton-Jones, zookeeper, animal lover, enrichment builder, and creator of wildenrichment.com. This is the Wild Enrichment Podcast. Enjoy. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Wild Enrichment Podcast. Uh, Today, we're joined once again with Ben Martin. Hello, Ben. Hello. (laughs) You're you're obviously not sick of me yet, so uh, it's nice to be back. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, everyone is probably sick of just hearing my voice, so we got Ben back. uh, There's no way, Kyle. (laughs) And uh, welcome to my kitchen, Ben. Um, and we're doing some uh, video too. So we yeah. do have a YouTube channel. So if you want to watch, for whatever reason, if you're one of those people that likes to watch podcasts as opposed to, you know, uh, well, I mean, to listen, listen to it. If, um, if we're lucky afterwards, exclusively on YouTube, Kyle might show you this kitchen renovation that he's been working on. It is absolutely <laughs> fantastic. I probably won't do that, but <laughs> <laughs> it's been Kyle enrichment for sure. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's a transferable skills. So, um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so if you want to watch the podcast um, on YouTube as opposed to just listening, uh, feel free. It'll be posted on YouTube as well. So uh, usually we do this virtually. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've been on a little bit different schedules the last few times, and we don't live that close. So oh, you're, you're on the way home now. You're about the halfway yeah. point. Yeah, so uh, n- now we're able to do uh, some in-person, which is better for video as opposed to uh, the virtual, which is a little bit, a little bit choppy. The audio should be better, too. Uh, Ben's kind of using an improvised microphone, but it uh, keep it should work. Brain engaged. Should work okay. Let's so today, uh, this is episode sixteen, and today we're going to be the sort of overarching topic um, around today is going to be getting your team on board with your enrichment program. Uh, this is something that you know comes up a lot in a lot of different uh, questions and uh, forums and stuff like that that I've had, and it's something that uh, sort of repeatedly uh i don't know where to look and this got this yeah uh, this this (laughs) camera's really throwing yeah this camera's throwing us off sorry yeah but um (laughs) this is a topic that comes up a lot you know you have some some uh people on your team that aren't really um you know engaged with your enrichment program uh sort of people have that problem with animals too you know the animals aren't that engaged it's the it's even worse when the Whoa, people that are you're, providing you're the ahead of yourself that's a whole other episode <laughs> it's true <laughs> the, if, if the, the people aren't even on board then how how can you possibly you know yeah. get your animals on board right well and that's it, the important part is like right off the bat i think you and i talked about this you know 20 minutes ago <laughs> <laughs> it's all about first of all stepping back understanding you know we're we're part of a team of people here like this is one of a very unique set of fields that actually has people that are incredibly engaged in what they're doing already at a baseline like this is not some office job where you're walking in from a temp agency or something that's like hey i don't know much but i'm willing to learn this is people that are highly motivated trained enthusiastic have spent years of their life trying to get into this field theoretically Theoretically, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so your hope is that these people have just you just haven't found the right trigger to get them on your team. Yeah, and and that's usually that's honestly usually what it what it takes a lot of the time is just that one thing to get them engaged. And you know, it's the same when you're enriching an animal that doesn't really uh, engage with enrichment. A lot of the time, it's just sort of a a small little stepping stone. But I like what you're saying, like the. Um, you know, the, the overarching thing that should be in the kind of back of your mind while you're approaching these problems is the fact that, 
um, you know, your your team is all there for the same reason. Even and it's the same with when you're interacting in a meeting uh, setting or just day to day. It's you know, even though somebody's plan or somebody's idea or some somebody's interpretation of you know this enrichment program. Um, is completely crazy to you, you know, because you're like, how could you possibly not be on board with enrichment? Like, mm -hmm. it's so much fun. You get to see the animal interact with it. You're clearly benefiting their lives and increasing their welfare. Like, how could you possibly call yourself a zookeeper but not be engaged with this? But that's sort of not really taking their side of it into perspective a lot of the time. Well, I think that the word you're looking for is empathy. Empathy. And uh, yeah, that is it's definitely a challenging one in a in a pretty passionate field like this where everyone has an opinion about something. Um, but I, I did have a like a keeper friend of mine, you know, he had this great line that has always really stuck with me. And it was, you know, you always assume good intent in all actions. Right. It's, it's easy to jump to conclusions about what people's motivations are. Same with animals. It's easy mm -hmm. to assume, oh, that animal is super food aggressive because of. Yeah it's much harder to find that that kind of empathetic voice within you and go, wait a second, I need to start testing the waters out, trying to understand being compassionate in how I'm approaching these problems. And when we're talking about enrichment programs, I think this is something that everyone runs into, but not a lot of people necessarily think about. It's that yeah. the enrichment program is for the animals, but it is also like you have to think about the keepers that are using mm -hmm. it that aren't just you because it's easy. You could be the only keeper that's doing a routine every day, but yeah. you still take days off. You know, this field hasn't gotten quite to that point where we're doing seven yeah. days a week. Yeah, that's true. I mean, not, not us anyway. Not <laughs> us, yeah. but, but we're yeah. definitely at a point where you, you have to always include other people and find that the yeah. user interface is as important, or not as mm. important, I'm, I'm jumping that, but it's, <laughs> it, it yeah. is as important in the sense yeah. that it, it's a stopgap. Like it stops you right in your tracks if people aren't on board because it's yeah. too difficult to understand what you're doing. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, I feel like that brings up two sort of points is, I mean, A, when you're coming into these situations with compassion and with empathy and understanding, you know, that everyone's here for the same reason, they're all, everybody wants the welfare of the animal to improve, you know, nobody, no, like nobody, I mean, and obviously there's going to be exceptions to this and unfortunately, but nobody's going to want the animal welfare to decline or stay where it is. Or a lot of it I find, particularly when you're talking to, uh, you know, a zookeeper that's been in the industry for a while, uh, that has a lot of experience. A lot of the time it's, it's, they're getting defensive because by saying that the animal has always required this thing that they that they haven't necessarily been providing the animal for its whole life. You're sort of, in a so way like you you feel like yeah they, they might be feeling that you're saying that they haven't been taking care of this animal properly mm -hmm. you know their their whole career and i'm sure it's the same with a with a doctor that you know they cut they you, oh, you come to them with a new treatment or a new way of doing this and that and you know they feel like what what like all those people that died because i was doing this procedure or whatever like yeah. it's the same sort of same sort of thing and it's it's sort of this admission of of uh of wrongdoing and that's not necessarily what you're saying because you know you can't you can't just be stuck stuck in the past with something like that you have to be um you know always obviously striving for the best for the animals that you're working with and you can't just be you know focused on that one thing but that's that's a lot of the time where i find this sort of attitude comes from mm -hmm. 
and that's and that's something that you that you know it's not it's not necessarily a bad thing it's something everybody should be prideful of their work but you should try to break it down and you know i'm not attacking you i'm just saying based on what we know now this is you know how how you should be doing things now you know i I, my house that i live in now is a century home they don't build houses like this anymore not necessarily because it's a bad way to build houses (laughs) but it's it's just uh, the building practices have evolved and you know things have changed and codes have evolved and insulation's got better it's the same with a lot of things and i do think yeah and there's always i think it's human nature to always want to improve what you have right and so that's the way you have to almost approach this is like what we have is great it's obviously kept the animal alive yeah. so far yeah but there you know you'd be an idiot to not say that there's always room for improvement i actually like i, I was sorry i was you know the people on youtube can see i was dabbling <laughs> on my phone there for a moment but see i was trying to make sure i had this book pulled up because as a book i should really let you borrow and we could probably oh. do an episode on this but oh, it's cool. um Atul Gawande, it's called The Checklist Manifesto. And I actually read it as part of, um, at you know the zoo that we work at, um, we were looking at different protocols for dangerous animal key operation and how to break down things into a checklist. Mm. And it, it's an art form to kind of create that checklist that really hits the critical components that people screw up on the most. Yeah, yeah. But you know, you, you saying that doctors, you know, that's the kind of thing that's going on. It's actually a doctor who wrote that book. He's a, oh. and he was looking at, you know, not to ruin it for all of you viewers at home, <laughs> but he was just talking about like different operations and how looking at success rates and the complications that are associated with it. He was finding that there were very simple things that you could do, like making sure that your, you know, your gloves are at bedside. So when you're changing stuff mm. out, like it's actually, you're, you're able to be sanitary yeah, yeah. and it's not some cu- you know corner that every doctor will cut because they're in a hurry, but like selling it to people was incredibly difficult because people think you you're treating them like an idiot because it, you're saying simple things like hey, right, do right. you wear gloves it's like yeah of course i wear gloves yeah, like yeah. i'm a doctor but <laughs> but you know like it's all about how to approach it and say well just can you trust me enough to give me the you know the rope to hang myself with right like yeah, yeah. what does it harm you to let me push this boundary show you that my results can do something mm. and then we can build together from there and know that it does do something yeah and i feel like you know approaching it from the sort of build together mind mindset is is the the key to success if you can do that that's going to be the and and that's not always possible unfortunately like you're gonna run into those people and you're gonna run into those teams that there's no budget there's no there's no improvement there's nothing there like and you're not going to be able to do that but in an ideal situation you know you can make these enrichment ideas their ideas Mm -hmm. and you can get them involved in a certain way and it's just going to be a snowball effect of like, you know, let's just try this puzzle feeder in with this, mm-hmm. you know, grizzly bear or something like that. And then from there, or let's, let's today maybe just not feed this animal in a pile. Let's mm-hmm. try, let's try two piles. Well, and that's, it's, it's an, yeah, mind boggling <laughs> stuff. Yeah. You know, but it, but it really is that simple sometimes where you say like, what is the harm in this? Like worst case yeah. scenario. So let, you know, the two pile system. You have maybe the highly motivated cleaning keeper that goes, well, you know, one pile is easier for me to clean tomorrow. And you go, okay, well, can we try it today and watch them for a bit? And I'll, I'll be cleaning this routine tomorrow. So you don't need to worry about it. But like the, so that has come off your plate. Let's try it. I want you to see the results I'm getting from this and how much they forage or, you know, this puzzle feeder. I want you to see 
that I'm going to pull this out at the end of the day. So, you know, any of your concerns about hazards or whatever, that's all off the table. Now I'm here watching, I'm pulling it out before I leave. You know, we want to be able to remove barriers to actually putting effective enrichment in place. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there is, uh, like I've, I've done articles on logical fallacies and stuff like that. And that's something that a lot of the time when you're experiencing this sort of pushback and these, um, and getting into these situations where you're, you know, trying to convince somebody of something, a lot of the time you see these sort of, um, uh, you know, critical thinking, um, fallacies that come up, like, like what you were just, you know, talking about, there's, there's a lot of things like there's, you know, a false analogy where you're comparing two things, you know, that are thought to be similar, but they're, they're really not, you know, give me an example. So, uh, one that you see all the time is hasty generalizations and scare tactics. And I'm sure you can think of, you know, examples of that, but making sweeping generalizations without a large enough sample size it, you know, uh, I worked with spider monkeys before and they never interacted with enrichment. So this monkey won't like enrichment either. That's yeah. a sweeping generalization. You worked with one in a specific situation that isn't recreatable now yeah. and you have a different individual now, or even if you have the same individual, it, it, that was 10 years ago. You know, that's yeah. a hasty generalization. Well, and then there's scare tactics. You know, the whole, you're feeding in two piles because there's two individuals. And if you scatter the food, they're going to fight to the death and kill each other. Mm-hmm. Like that's a scare tactic that you're going to hear from somebody that has traditionally fed this animal in, in a pile or two piles. Well, yeah. And like, but the generalizations, like when you look at that kind of stuff, it can go either way. Like I know I've worked with lions and we were doing a tour at the time, like you're in an open reserve area. Mm-hmm. And someone said like, well, why are there six piles? And, or there was like seven piles and six lions. And the woman who's doing the tour, you know, she goes, oh, it's because so they don't fight with each other. And sure enough, one lion attacks the other one on the yeah. tour as she says that. I'm like, yeah, so like the generalizations can go any mm-hmm. which way. And ultimately you realize every animal is unique. Everything yeah. is on the table at any given time. Yeah, 100%. And when you start realizing that, everything should be open to you to say, yeah, you know what? An animal can hurt itself in a bear mm-hmm. pen with no substrate, yeah. you know, no sharp corners. They can still bash their head on the wall mm-hmm. with no indication of anything. Yeah. They can be out in an exhibit with you know, spiky bushes everywhere and not hurt themselves. There is no generalization that really fits a pattern for yeah. enrichment. But, and at the same time, you know, I was just, I, I mentioned false analogy before and that what you just said there is a good example of a false analogy in a way because you're feeding these lions in different piles so they don't fight. Mm-hmm. But saying that that fighting is negative is a bad analogy for what it actually is because in the wilds, you know, lions fight over food and they're, yeah. they're eating in one pile that is an animal, mm-hmm. right? So is that behavior that you want to, uh, you know, discourage? Yeah, or is well. that like what sort of, I feel like that's sort of, it's, you know, it's not necessarily as clear cut as a, as the false analogy, you know, examples. Well, but and it's I a, have difficulty with that sometimes because it is one of those systems where like, you become more aware of the edges that we run as zookeepers, right? You may not want them to fight because ultimately it's a vet visit. It's a risk to the animal's welfare in the long run. If say they get hurt in some way, mm. that's always the fear we all have. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. and that can really, you're right, the fear tactics of this all, yeah. that motivates a lot of hesitancy yeah, in providing sure. new yeah. things because you know the things we have on the shelf 
are tried and true. We've we've done yeah. them for 20 years, and we know that they always worked with this guy. Even if he gets bored of them sometimes, he'll figure it out. She'll figure it out, right? That They know how to deal with this. We yeah, know it works. absolutely. And so trying new things can be a scary thing sometimes. No, it can. And everybody's put, you know, enrichment in and, you know, had that pit in the bottom <laughs> of their stomach where they're like, this is a little, this is a little risky what I just did. But yeah. at the same time, like this goes back to, yeah, I feel like when you're looking at the natural history of an animal, you shouldn't just be looking for natural behaviors. You should be actually looking at the entire natural history because, you know, going off this lion example, lions that are in the same pride don't want to injure each other. When they're fighting, quote unquote, YouTube people, uh, <laughs> when when they're fighting over food, if they injure each other every time, then you'd have you'd have no lions because they'd all be killing each other over when they should just be. That's just their way of interacting in a in sort of this 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 family group that you're sharing. So it's like, it, it, you know, you don't have these, it's the same with any, like most animals that are living together in groups. It's, they, they don't want to actually irreparably harm each other or kill each other or anything like that. They want to, you know, say, hey, back off. This is my, I like antelope legs. You know that. Why would yeah. you try to take this? Go get the head, <laughs> like it's over there. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's a way of doing that. And I feel like that is part of the natural history. And that's something that you should try to communicate to somebody that is using a scare tactic and on thus, you. And thus, the circle is complete it to is. go against the fear tactics. Absolutely, yeah. So that's just something that you should you know, look out for a lot of the time, I, I find it's... Uh... So I'm sure you've covered this in a previous podcast, but what do you do to the people that say, like, we just don't have time in the day to do this kind of stuff? What What is your response to that? I, I feel like a lot of the time, you know, we don't have time in the day is is stemming from... I'm doing a lot of unnecessary things as it is. I don't want to add this to the list, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I feel like doing an audit of, and, and the thing is, is not everybody needs to be great at every part of this job. Like mm -hmm. if you have that person that wants to clean this exhibit six times a day, then just be that person that does really good enrichment for those animals, mm -hmm. you know, like it, it, it like some people you're not going to really be able to get on board and you're just going to have to pick up their slack and work out some sort of re arrangement. Yeah. That, that compromise. Yeah. Like, like I know team. that you uh, are the pristine yeah. cleaner. Yeah. So I'm going to let you do that. My day is going to be a little messier. Yeah. But knowing that I've changed your enrichment so that you are set up yeah. for success yeah. so that when your days are pristine, you also have enrichment to put stuff mm -hmm. in ready to go. Yeah. And, and yeah. if you, and, and trust me, like if you're doing the same routine as them and you're finding time to do enrichment and you're finding time to clean just as well as them or at least passable enough so they don't call you out on yeah, doing yeah. a bad job. Like, Seriously. <laughs> but if you're able to do that, you're going to be inadvertently sort of spearheading them, reassessing what they're doing. You know, if they say, mm -hmm. well, Ben's getting all this done. And it yeah. takes me it takes me ten hours and he's getting it done in eight. What's yeah. going on there, right? So yeah. so I feel like I and, and what we were just saying, like you, just because like you you are a team, you know. Mm -hmm. So just because one person's not good at something, like everybody knows their weaknesses, everyone knows their strengths. Oh, well, you like to think. And I mean, yeah. ideally you should, and if you don't, you you should. But, but but I guess in this instance, even like you talking about you get like the way you manage your time in the day to get enrichment completed you hope that that triggers an awareness of where yeah. somebody might be failing or lagging behind. Yeah. And and hopefully if your team is, is 
empathetic and compassionate with each other you're able to start working together to find where they can improve themselves as yeah. you would hope like i know i hope that in every day of the zoo i i'm able to have someone come up to me and go hey i saw you got this pen you used a horribly wrong tool <laughs> yeah. and like it took you three times as long i watched you do it hope try tomorrow try this yeah tell me how it works and let's see if we can convert you over yeah half like that you can lead a horse to water you can't make them drink if I shove a shovel in your face and say, this is the only tool you're supposed to use, yeah, yeah, for you're sure. going to have some resentment. Yeah. If I say, hey, try the different way and just tell mm-hmm. me what you think. Yeah. Having that humble moment to yourself yeah, of yeah. like, you know, yeah. Well, yeah, that animal is really enriched today. Darn. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I'm wrong. <laughs> I need to, like, yeah, exactly. now I can up my standard. I can yeah, be aware of where sure. my failing was. And if you're in that situation where, you know, like you have to be picking up the slack for the person then it's it, it going to make you feel better because you know that person's going to do a really good job of cleaning. So why are you – like if you're on a weekend, they're not there. Why are you going to be like you know busting your ass cleaning mm-hmm. all weekend when you know they're just going to get cleaned like seven times a day going into the rest mm-hmm. of the week? So slack on that. Give them a great enrichment weekend and that's going to – and that's just going to make it – you know, the whole, the whole welfare of the animal – so, Come around. so I'm probably going to ask, you know, the devil's advocate question here, ah. right? Because I so, someone has to, and the YouTube people haven't con- you know, chimed <laughs> in yet. Um, but yeah, like I, in these kind of situations too, though, like I do think that sometimes that builds animosity in your team. Yeah, you, it does. Your, your communication has to be probably your first priority. It's making sure that you have an understanding before doing something like that. Because mm-hmm. if you are slacking on the cleaning every time you're on a routine to do enrichment and then the next person who prioritizes cleaning yeah sees the sure. disgusting mess and then doesn't prioritize enrichment and they see the enrichments done to the nines animosity is sure to build in these 100 and i feel like that's why it's that's why you know we were talking mainly about an individual that there was no there's no give and take with like mm-hmm. they're they're doing i'm not doing this i don't have time for this we're not talking about this, you know? So this is that that's in those situations. It's not the ideal situation because obviously coming in it with compassion, communicating, getting everybody on board, baby steps, what we were talking about earlier is, is the way to do it. But yeah, sometimes having that open line of communication, (laughs) (laughs) yes, there there are always times like that. There's this, it's going to be on, it's the unfortunate reality of, uh, uh, you know, uh, Zookeeping working in, the in a team century. yeah working in a team so uh yeah. yeah and so that's just the way it is but so continuing on with the sort of keeping this podcast around teams mm-hmm. um something that uh I, I feel like comes up quite a bit is getting your same getting your team on the same page with evaluation as well so not, you've got them you know participating in this enrichment program they're giving you know enrichment to an animal but uh, you know, an enrichment program is only really as good as the evaluation program mm-hmm. that's there because we've talked about this lots on the podcast before. Um, go back in the episodes if you want to, you know, this learn is a good, individually. This is a good chance to refresh yes, yourself on all absolutely. fifteen episodes that come before this. <laughs> Laugh with us, cry yes, with us. We we talk about it quite a bit. So um, evaluation is obviously something that we think is super important. Um, but I, I find a lot of the time. You know, you have these uh, these evaluation programs and these protocols that you're going through every single day. You know, you're saying, 
this enrichment is a, on a scale of one to five. It's a five, it's a four, it's a three, and you're going through that. And then you have a few people on your team that are just, they're marking down fives or they're, they're misinterpreting the behaviors that you are looking for uh, you know, from this animal, this, uh, these natural behaviors or just the way, like what we were talking about with the lions, they're, they're misinterpreting. They're saying that fighting is negative. Whereas it, like, is it actually negative? Is it, is it just lions being lions? Is it just them interacting? And, or, or, you know, if you're working with wolves, like wolves are more expressive dogs. Like they're yeah. like, they're, they're dogs don't even do a lot of the emotions that wolves exhibit. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you get people that are misinterpreting what they're seeing and that can be, that can really skew the whole, the whole program. Yeah. And I, I actually, you're, you're triggering me today. Like I, I had a conversation with a, a fellow keeper today mm. about this kind of thing. She, she had a, you know, great keeper. She has a really keen eye for things like this. And she had done some courses through Disney, you know, uh, I'm sure Disney could sponsor us, really. Right? <laughs> but Disney but she had a great like way of looking at it where she said, like, and this was she, she's attributing to the course, so I want to make sure that people know that. But she said, like, what she had learned was that you when dealing with enrichment and building an enrichment database for yourself, you almost want to start with the, the behaviors you're looking to instigate with the animal, and then you build an enrichment suite around it. Or even if you want to evaluate your programming, yeah. it's hey, I may have 30 different enrichment items, but if they all promote the exact same behavior, what is the point of 30 of them? You yeah. need to look at your animal and say, I've got, let's say I've got five or 10 different behaviors I would like them to express that are naturalistic behaviors. What are my enrichment items? How are they divided up in those categories? And where are my gaps? Mm -hmm. and, I, and I just thought that was such a great idea of like, you know, taking it from the animal, backtracking it through mm -hmm. and really reevaluating your own enrichment collection that you have already. Yeah. Because I, I know everyone has some sort of little tool room somewhere that's got a bunch of like paper towel rolls or you know bags, right? But if fire you put hose. yeah fire hose, everyone's got some fire hose. Or, yeah. You know a couple of like you know holy rollers or amazing grazes, right? Mm -hmm. There's there's certain things like that that are are instigating the same behavior. Like say you have some warthogs that you're just saying, well I either hide their food under a pile of hay, or I put it in a bag, or I put it in you know this ball. All of it's kind of rooting behavior. Yeah. What else am I looking at here? What do I think that they'll really like get engaged with? That's a good naturalistic behavior for warthogs. Yeah. And, and not only, you know, like coming at those enrichment devices and uh, those goals from that sort of natural behavior standpoint is, is absolutely the sort of backbone of the enrichment program, but sitting down with your team and communicating what success actually looks like with yeah. these things is the most important overlooked step you know people they'll they'll fill out the enrichment form or do whatever the sort of process that you have at your facility and then that'll be it and then they, they will build the enrichment item they'll give the animal no one gives somebody else's enrichment to an animal it's always the person right mm -hmm. and then you observe it you make sure it's good and then you walk away and that's it en enriched yeah. done <laughs> but not communicating to your fellow teammates or your your coworkers about mm -hmm. what you're actually looking for and what success looks like and actually sitting down and being like, okay, these are the sort of things we're looking at from this group. This is what they're doing right now. This is sort of what we want them to do. These are behaviors that we actually think are positive. That's what we're trying to bring out in them. 
you know, we're trying to stay away from these behaviors, making sure everybody's on the same page with what you're actually looking for, with what your goals are, with what success looks like is an, a very, very overlooked step. And I also think that it's, it, it should be said in this step too, that like when you're the one instigating these kind of enrichment programs, I think it's really important to kind of foster inclusion of ideas from other people. Like it's, there's a sensitive point right at the beginning of these programs coming out, you know, not that I've done a lot of like building from the ground up anything. Right. But these kind of programs and with people that I've worked with, I've seen a lot of people that you, you can throw an idea, even if it's a silly recreation of an idea, someone can throw an idea out there and they may not have been, have been engaged in your program before, but if you shoot it down pretty quick and dismiss it, they're going to shut down on your program pretty quick. So understanding that the little victories for them help engage them further in your protocol and it having that kind of cost benefit analysis of like, well, I know we're rehashing the wheel with, you know, Ben's enrichment idea here, but it doesn't hurt me to kind of get him involved in the process because at least he'll learn how to build something or, you know, how to communicate effectively with me on what he wants. That kind of fostering of the back and forth of like, we can learn from each other and you may be at a different point in your enrichment career than I am. That kind of push up is really going to pay dividends at the end of the day. Yeah, and, and at the end of the day, like part of this job is really knowing the natural behaviors, even outside of enrichment, is knowing these natural behaviors, is knowing you know, what this animal's doing in the wild. It, it, it's understanding that kind of stuff and interpreting that kind of stuff correctly. You know, The last podcast we did was on critical thinking, and we talked about it uh, briefly with some of the uh, logical fallacies and stuff. I definitely recommend you go listen to that one because we talk all about, um, you know, interpretation and what you're actually seeing versus, you know, what you are constantly interpreting the data that your, your brain's collecting. And that's happening with this evaluation as well. So you got to make sure that your team is on the same page and that you're coming at it from, uh, you know, the appropriate angle and, there's uh, there's good and bad decisions that need to be made uh, with a lot of enrichment programs, and, and you can only make those when you have the right data. But also, like you know, not to generalize because that's what we've just talked about. Not doing, <laughs> but, but no decision is a bad decision as long as you take something away from it and learn to improve. Yeah, right. These enrichment programs, like you know, I I think it's it's easy to think that you're going to come up with the next great idea, but it's hard to sit there and go, you know what. I'm going to probably hit the wall three different times with, you know, this animal does not want to engage in anything I'm throwing at it. But each time I have to learn what pushes that button for them. Like, how did they engage with yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Even if they didn't engage with it at all, what what do you think was off about it? Is it the shape? Is it this? That that spider of it all, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Setting those goals, really laying them out and reevaluating at the end and constantly not getting discouraged at the reevaluation yeah. process is, is really key. It's just keep positive keep improving and understand that you have a community like the wild enrichment people uh that are that are really going to be behind you there and are always a you know a, an instagram story away yeah. to have a discussion absolutely right? yeah we're, we're always looking for more kind of viewership kind of engagement yeah discussing stuff i'm sure we're gonna have some like you know facts of the day and what's gone on but uh yeah absolutely uh yeah definitely always uh, reach you know out. yeah uh you can reach us at at Wild Enrichment on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, 
there's also my website, contact, contact us page. Uh, if you want to contact Ben in particular for whatever reason, you can address that. You can address, you can, you know, address it to Ben and I'll forward it on to him. But yeah, I'd love uh, yeah, to hear from you. We're all, we're always uh, accessible here. Uh, if you're running into these problems or, uh, you know, you want to talk about your specific scenario, uh, we definitely uh, like to hear from you or, and even uh, talk about it on the podcast. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we're uh, that's so that's just about um, time for uh, episode sixteen. So uh, usually I say Sweet everything 16. that I <laughs> usually I say everything that I did just now at the end of the podcast. So oh, so uh, it was so a just, shameless plug in. Uh, <laughs> just skip back fifteen seconds and you can yeah. rehear if that. You're but... Listening to us on Spotify, <laughs> skip back twice and you'll be able to hear yes. it all again. Yes, and, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, thank you for uh, listening to the Wild Enrichment Podcast, and we will be back again soon. Bye, everybody. Wild Enrichment is independently owned and claims no affiliation to any zoo, aquarium, or other animal care institutions. All of the information and opinions communicated through this podcast, wildenrichment.com and affiliated social media accounts are based on my own opinions and experiences and are not in any way reflective of the opinions of my employers past or present. Thank you.